Welcome to the Indie Experts Podcast, where we're unlocking all the secrets you need to know about writing, producing and publishing non-fiction books that really work hard for authors. Join Dixie and Anne as they help you navigate all the tricks, traps and the majestic tapestry of storytelling as a means of sharing your expertise to your market. So this morning, welcome everyone. It's so good to be here. It's a little bit wintry and uh, wet and miserable here in Queensland today, uh, but we know that some people are enjoying sunshine and some people are about to enjoy more sunshine. But as far as bright and beautiful, we have the fabulous Louise Williams who is standing uh, facing some extraordinary glittery, sparkly <laughs> something background which is quite amazing so you're going to tell us all about that now I want to talk about Louise because Louise is a photographer but she comes from a background of being a psychologist and as we were talking the other day she's also an alchemist she transforms things she sees the future she does some extraordinary work as a photographer and I've worked with a number of photographers over the years for various reasons, not only for myself, but also with other people and their photographers as, you know, in styling and doing whatever needs to be done. But Louise is by far and away the very best and the easiest photographer I've ever worked with. And what she creates through the lens of her camera and what she sees through the lens of her camera is amazing. So Louise, welcome. Um, just need you to unmute yourself. Um, it's great to have you here. And what we're going to talk about this morning is something that's really important for so many authors. And that is to have really good, solid personal branding. And particularly, we need um, images and photos of ourselves for our books, for our back covers, for our website. But there's an art to getting this done really well. So Louise, welcome. Fabulous to have you here. Thank you, Dixie. I'm so I'm so happy to be here. Um, I, I, you know, I, you know, I'm a fan of your work. I just love, I love everything about you, and I think that you do some amazing work for people, um, and some very cool people in the room that I all already know. So very cool. Welcome everybody. Hello, Ali. Hello, Joe. Hello, Sue. Yes, a um, number of our clients. Hello, Anne. A number of our authors have already worked with you. Um, and yeah. some I know you're actually even working remotely so one of our authors who is from very far away is also working with you remotely so how does it work doing that from a photography perspective talk us through that first so it's interesting when you said um, I see the future I guess um, it's not as woo-woo well it is a bit woo-woo but it's actually me uh, helping facilitate you tap into your future self and get really clear about it. So there's actually a lot of science behind it. There's a lot of psychology behind it because I used to be a psychologist. Uh, so with uh, one of my lovely clients who's on the call, we're actually doing uh, a lot of the brand identity work first before she even steps in front of a camera, which I believe is tomorrow. Um, <laughs> um, and uh, I can't get to actually photograph her. So I'm actually helping to coach her in ways of even standing in her body so she actually holds her energy and her power uh, which is really important especially for women uh, a lot of photographers will actually disempower them with some of the poses that they do for them so I'm actually uh, doing a lot of coaching around how she can actually hold 
her space and take up more space because I find for a lot of authors they're really quite introverted like me I know that might seem surprising but I am actually (laughs) introverted Um, and uh, and actually helping them to really stand out in a way that's actually authentic and aligned with them so there's a lot to it um, but a lot of it can be done online actually these days I had to really pivot when I pivot when I uh, was going through COVID so uh, we do a lot of it online now. So just talk to me about how uh, you're talking about holding space and I know that when I did my photo shoot with you we talked a lot about not posing but holding space Mm. and there's a difference between you know most photographers get you to sort of stand and smile for the camera and say cheese or whatever or find the Mm. right thing and you know put your hand in the right place you work quite differently to that where you encourage us to uh, just relax and allow ourselves to come through can you describe more about why why you went that way where we're not it's not about posing it's not about it's 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 not about posing but it's all about posing if that makes sense it doesn't make sense Mm -hmm. um it's it's actually uh, taking the responsibility of you posing off your shoulders and actually onto mine so that I can actually see what you can't see and then get you out of your head. So many people when they're in front of the camera uh, actually get really stuck in their head. They get stuck in the what ifs of, am I actually posing? Am I shoulders right? Am I actually looking strong enough? Like Louise has told me to look strong. Do I look strong enough? Um, And so they're constantly trying to uh, work out if that is actually the right way for them to be. And what happens is your face just changes. You don't look present. You don't look like you are holding your own space in front of the camera. Mm. Um, And then what happens is you actually look like you're wearing a mask almost. I can actually see, as soon as I see a photo of someone, I can tell whether they're wearing a mask or not. And I think Mm. all of us can do that to a certain degree. We just may not realise that we are doing it. It's because we uh, end up going into a bit of judgment mode. Um, And so we, we think that we're judging the person based on what we see but what we're actually judging them on is the mask that we're wearing so my my goal is to actually get you out of the way of thinking about um, posing and actually thinking about how you could stay really present in front of the camera and that's why I talk about the future self Um, so if you're getting a photo taken with a photographer I'd really encourage you to um, get them to put on some music that you really get revved up to um, and actually just Take a moment, take a moment to ground yourself Mm. and to breathe and to actually feel your feet on the floor and actually just start to take up more space and then open your eyes and look at the camera. So there's little tricks like that that you can do and hopefully you've got a photographer that can hold the space for you to do that. So does that answer what you were asking? (laughs) Absolutely it does. Um, because, you know, I know sometimes I've gone and had headshots done over the years where literally you, you're booked in for half an hour. And while it yes. might be just a headshot, it's not really just a headshot when it's important to get it right. And having Especially if it's on the front space, cover of your book. Front cover or even the back cover, you know, or, or on your website. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So do you have a um, – so getting ready to have your photos done, what's the best way – of preparing yourself ahead of time. Now, I know obviously with you, 
there's quite a lot to it. If you do more than the headshot series, you, you're doing, um, mm. you know, a whole integrative process. But mm. if you're not working with someone or you're not able to work with someone that can get that for you, then what do you need to do, like in terms of thinking about your clothing, your haircut, your hairstyle, mm -hmm. uh, how much makeup should you be wearing? Mm -hmm. How do you prepare for getting your photo done well professionally? So first of all, it has, it has nothing to do with any of that initially. If you start with that, you, you'll actually get really lost in the prep and you'll get really superficial around okay, am I wearing the right tie? Am I wearing the right jacket? Do I look professional enough? Do I look relaxed enough? Do I look approachable enough? What you need to be asking yourself first is who am I wanting to attract and what kind of message do I need to be putting forward to them in order for them to get the message really quickly? So I'm noticing more and more visual um, and auditory is actually a really, uh, it's actually the way that people are making decisions about you faster than ever. And COVID has made that even faster. Um, and so your first impression is so important, particularly if you're trying to sell a book. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's already a hard slog because you're dealing with the digital era of Kindles and what have you. So you need to really start to think about how you could take up more presence. It's not enough to just take up presence as an author and that's it. And then the book speaks for itself. You actually have to speak for the book in your photos, in your videos, all of it. So I want you to start to think about as you're prepping for a photo shoot, I want you to think about where you are at the present moment and then imagine if we could actually, imagine if we could jump into a DeLorean and steal it from Marty McFly and the doc and we could zip off to the future in 18 months' time. What would you be doing? What would you be saying? What would you be feeling? Who would you be speaking to? Is it different to now? Is it different to how you feel right now? It probably is. Because if you think about yourself 18 months ago, you're probably a really different person than too in some ways or a lot of ways. So I want you to think about that first and then that will inform the kind of clothes that you choose, the makeup that you wear, the hairstyle that you have. So you're transforming yourself into the, the highest potential of you. Um, in terms of makeup, you will be needing to actually have, if you're going to do something in a studio like what I've got here, we've got really uh, bright lights. You need to have some really uh, solid makeup and it actually needs to be like you're going out for dinner, uh, not, not even dinner, like you're going out like for a wedding or something where you're actually really, really ram hamming up the actual makeup so that you can actually... Um, allow it to dissipate in front of the camera. So the camera will actually take away at least 50% of what you're putting forward, right? So that's... Louise, about that? Sorry? Can I ask a question about that? So sure, what about the guys do? I mean, you know, I presume that they don't turn up with, you know, a full full face of makeup. Does it, does it wash them out? Do they do anything? It can. It can. Men are different because uh, I would light them differently. I would pose them up differently with how they actually are sitting in front of the camera. So it depends on your skin. So for some men, they have really oily skin. For some men, uh, they have um, some blotches like women. And so if you can actually get 
just a light courage. It doesn't have to be like what we do <laughs> as women. Um, it just needs to be enough because the camera is taking away at least 50% your skin, skin tone, your, the light that we're putting on you, uh, even your pose. A lot of people will pose. A lot of men will pose um, trying to be really approachable. So they'll put their hands in their pockets and they'll just kind of look at the camera and they'll smile. And that is nice. That's a nice photo. But if you want to actually command attention, and I want to say here also, if your message is something that is actually really quite intense, if your message is something innovative or disruptive, you have to step into that role as well. You can't just have a nice, lovely photo of yourself and expect that that's going to be in alignment with the message of your book and your marketing that goes with it. Um, so a lot of people will forget about the headshot and just think, I just got to do something quick so I can get it on the back of the book and get it done. But in actual fact, everyone is judging whether they're going to really even read the book based on what they see with your headshot. I know that sounds harsh, but that's actually the reality of what we're seeing with a lot of the results that are coming out with a lot of the marketing and, and the conversion rates and all that sort of thing. Does that help, Anne? Yeah, it does. And I just sort of think, you know, 50% of our authors are, uh, you know, often male. Is that right? Mm. Yeah, 40%. Yeah, I think, um, I, think, I think for a lot of men, they will come to a shoot, and I photograph men as well, um, they will come to the shoot with the standard jacket, tie and, and, and uh, long sleeve shirt, you know, so they can use a combo of, of actual outfits. Um, but I will actually also challenge them of, well, how can you actually uh, disrupt things? Because when you think about it, every other male author is wearing pretty much the same outfit. <laughs> so yeah. you need to kind of tap into the psychology of your branding. Uh, and if you don't have branding, you need to get it. You need to get some sort of branding that is about you, not about the book, not about anything else but of you so that the book can sit around it um, and you can actually make you can actually make Anne and Dixie's life a lot easier because then they can actually, you know, create a lot more marketing that's a lot more uh, flexible and fluid because you've actually got some, you've got some depth and some meatiness to the, the, the branding that you're actually putting forward rather than just relying on the book. That's a great point. Um, just in, in terms of men and makeup, um, there, there is a good argument sometimes for men to relax on this point of if they need to have their brows darkened a little bit, if they need to have just a little bit of extra darkening under their eyes, you know, it's not about like wearing mascara and lippy, but just no. bringing out the depth of the colour of their eyes yes. can be so easily done with a little bit of dark brown under their eyes, for example. And yes. this is something that many men are not used to doing, no. but sometimes it's just necessary and working mm. with someone who knows what they're doing so it doesn't look like it's obvious they're wearing makeup but mm -hmm. they just brought out who they are or, or just challenge challenge the essence of them better or you know just even making sure that they've they've tidied up their beard or their you know their facial hair yes please Absolutely. <laughs> because uh, because otherwise if you get a professional photographer they're going to have to do it for you um, and that's more time, that's more time waiting for the photos to get to you. If you're actually uh, wanting to get going with your marketing, you want to make the whole process easy and you want to feel your best in front of the camera so mm. that you're not actually thinking about it. Because as soon as you start thinking about it, I can see it. 
mm. in your eyes, in your, how you're holding and clenching your jaw. You feel, you actually look like you are really insecure about what's going on in, in, in either subtle ways or in really massive ways. So, mm. and if you've not got a really good photographer who can actually walk you through the psychology of how you stand in front of the camera, uh, they're not going to be able to convert that to something that you really, really want. They're just going to take the photo of you as you are in the here and now. Mm. Um, and so the more you can do for yourself in prepping for it, um, you'll actually have a way better outcome. You'll want to show, share the photos. Like I've got, I've got lots of clients that are still sharing their future you photos three years, five years Hands up, people. <laughs> Joe, Joe's still wearing, uh, wearing, wearing pink, but she's still using mm. most of her photos five years on. Now that's massive. Well, there's an interesting point that you raised too, because, and you know, we both know Joe. Joe hasn't changed her hairstyle. Yeah, um, that's what I was going to make because yeah. my hair's the same. I can get away with it. You can get away yes, with yes, it. Yes, yes, yes. I still wear pink every day. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> So, but so you were clear about your branding, Joe. Yeah, and Joe yeah. looks relatively ageless as well on her photos, which I'm so envious of always. But, um, you know, for many of us, as soon as we change our hairstyle or as soon mm -hmm. as we suddenly look at our photos and think, oh, yeah, no, that doesn't, you know, like I think about my word witch photos and I think, oh, I probably still look like I'm in my 40s when I look at those and, um, you know, nice and sort of long hair and all that sort of stuff. Now, every time I'm thinking, uh, it's time to cut the hair or change something uh, or yes. I'm looking a little older. Um, you know, the future you thing is all very well. That's in 18 months time. How often though, should we be getting our photos updated? Good question. Realistically, you should actually be doing it every year. So when I do photos for myself and I actually photograph myself with a, a little clicker, um, I, um, I don't change my hair, my hair is still the same length and, and colour and what have you, but um, I've also changed. So while you might not have changed, if you're, if, you're, if you're actually immersed in your brand and in your business of being an author, you mm. will change. So it's not that you can't use those photos in a year's time, but you need to keep fresh. So yeah. another thing that we're noticing with marketing, and this is the same for authors and even more so for authors, is that you have to keep a fresh, uh, a fresh profile so that you keep your actual audience interested. They want to be able to feel that you are growing with them as they actually learn more about you, that you're growing as well, and you actually can... Uh, lead the way for them of, of learning new things and exploring new ideas and thereby they stay with you as a community. Mm. Um, so if you can do things yearly, you can tap into the IP of your brand and your book as it adapts and changes because, quite frankly, you're not going to just stay at the one book. I mean, how many people go on to a second book, Dixie? Uh, probably 60% of authors that we work with do a second book or do other derivative product, even if it's an online program. So do something mm. more. Um, but most of them are also moving into or are already in the speaking industry. So, mm -hmm. uh, so they need to be keeping their, uh, their speaker sheets and, and their speaker profile and branding uh, really up to date. So yep. far more so than the book even. Um, yep. Yeah. So that's what I mean in terms of your IP will adapt as you write the book and you're finished with the book. I see it time and time again 
it's a transformative experience when you finish the book. And then as you're starting to talk about it and putting it out there into the world, you're changing, whether you know it or not, you are changing. Mm. And if your photos don't match that, people are going to, it's, it's, it's human nature for us to see that you've got just the same photo for five years um, and they're going to go, so what's changed for this person? Is, are they different? Are they, have they actually moved on from that first book? Are they, are they a different person now? So they, they want to actually relate to you as a human. And mm. we know as humans that we do change because we know that of ourselves. And if we're looking at someone who we admire as an author and we're, we're seeing them as not changing. So for a lot of authors, I see them using exactly the same photo. Um, and it's often a photo of them five or 10 years uh, younger and yeah I can understand why but you're not doing yourself any favors because mm -hmm. there's this trust imbalance that starts to happen between you and the viewer uh, whether you like it or not and um, you're actually you're actually making it harder to get the cut through with your book to get the cut through with your marketing because you're too self-conscious to get in front of a camera yeah right I totally agree you know one of the things that's really apparent to me is that when people write nonfiction, that uh, these days more than ever, when we are tapping into what someone's writing from a nonfiction point of view, we, the readers, are wanting to respect, like, and admire who we're taking advice from. And if we yeah. don't respect, like, or admire the person that we're reading their words of, there's a bit of a disconnect. So this comes through all parts. Now, if there mm. is that beautiful level of, like, trust, admire then you really naturally want more of what that person's got to say. Absolutely. You want to get more from them. It's like sitting down and having a cup of coffee with someone that you think, oh, wow, this person's so interesting. I really like them. I want to go, you know, now have had coffee. Now I want to have lunch. Now I want to kind of, you know, go through the whole get to know them really well phase. Yes, I'll sign up for their program. Yes, I'll sign up for their second book. Yes, I'll sign up for their newsletter. If they like you, they will, and they, they feel that they know who you are, you're going to get a much better cut through with all of the content that you have to, to create. Totally. Now with branding, what I, um, so I came originally before I got into publishing, came from a background of marketing and branding. And what I know to be true is that your brand is the intangible essence of who you are or what it is that you're doing. It's mm. not the colors. It's not the fonts. It's mm -hmm. not the, 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 the logo and all of that. It's the, what is it about you that people want to be able to try and touch or try and have a, a, have a piece of? So when they buy into what your branding is, then they are aligning themselves with what your message is. And when mm. you're writing a book, that's a really powerful position to be in to say, hey, I have something for you here, take it. And if they want it, they want more than just what you're offering on that day. Over time, totally. they will come to you know, want more and more. And that's how you build a fan base. So mm. branding um, is really important, but understanding that the brand is the intangible part. And mm. all of the things that we're talking about is the sign of where the brand is. So for yes. example, if you're driving down the road and you see the golden arches and you think, oh, there's McDonald's, the golden arches is just the sign to say, this is where the brand is found. Does mm. that make sense? Yeah. Absolutely. It's, your brand is like your neon sign. So I have neons even in my, in my studio. <laughs> um, but 
Your brand is what, what you would put on a neon sign, what you would put on a billboard. Your brand is how people feel when they're in your presence. Your brand is the amount of space that you take up and the, the peace and the, the stillness that you hold in your brand when you're in, on a video. Mm. They're everything. It's not just your logo. Gone are the days of having a really good logo, a really good website, and, oh, I'm done. That's it. That's it. I just need to do good work and I'm fine. Um, I think I haven't looked at the stats recently, but I don't know whether you have, Dixie, but, um, you know, it used to be that you'd only need five impressions or ten impressions of you to be able to get cut through. Nowadays, I think the last one I heard was in the 20s. That's 20 plus times that someone has to come across your brand for them to actually stay in attention mode with you mm. and for them to actually go, I want to know more about that person. Yeah. And so you can't be like everyone else. Um, my, uh, my speech that I often do is called uh, How to Be a Unicorn in a Field of Horses. And <laughs> it's not that you have to be a unicorn. You just have to be yourself but appear different to everybody else who's actually running the same race as you. Mm. Um, lots of authors have very similar photos and that's why when Joe, uh, when yourself, Dixie, come into the studio, I'm always thinking, how could we position you differently so you don't have anything that's, that's like what someone else has got out there in, in, the, in the world? There's, there's actually a reason why I have the background there. It's actually on purpose and it's because my brand messaging is actually around how all throughout my life I have struggled and been challenged by the idea of being visible. Mm -hmm. I get nervous before I even, like even today, I get nervous. I get, oh, God, they're going to see me. They're going to see me. What does that mean for me? But then there are other moments when I'm like, here I am, world, see me. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm in my element. So Typical this is reminding me. Sorry? Typical ambivert. Totally an ambivert. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm embracing it now. Like I, I'm an introvert. I like my own space, but I also really love it when people see me for what I can bring to the world. And mm. that is my messaging. So I use a tinsel jacket for my photos. Um, I use sequins. I use glitter. I use magic because I'm an alchemist archetype. Um, and I have this behind me. So it's actually quite deliberate, but it's actually, it's actually got a lot of strategy behind it. And so that's one thing I will say is don't just try and be different for the sake of being different because we'll also be able to tell that, you know, that will come across as inauthentic. Um, I want you to be different the way that you are different. Um, I remember showing uh, photos of, uh, some of you might know, Dr. Irina Yashinshaw, yes. um, who uh, is an innovation expert and written several books and um, she did some photos of me with some glasses and I showed it at an event uh, of the ways that you can build uh, a community by actually using props in your photos that you can then use with your audience. And someone came up to me at the end. I think they'd missed the point of what I was trying to say. And they were saying, oh, I've got an event on next week at, a, at an expo or something. I'm going to buy a stack of glasses and see what I can do. And I'm like, my heart sunk a little bit and I thought, no, I said to her, no, I don't think you should really do that. I don't think it's actually, if, if it's, if it's in alignment with you, then do it, but don't do it if it's not in alignment. And she still did it and it kind of flopped. It didn't really do anything. Um, so my suggestion is don't spend your energy pursuing something just for the sake of it 
appearing like it is, you know, all rah-rah if it's not in alignment with you. So branding is so important and knowing the psychology of you and how you're putting yourself forward is super important. Yeah, I totally agree. And, you know, um, way back in my first original career path, I was in the promotional products industry. And I'd see this all the time where people would say, oh, we want to give away this or we want to give away that this year or for our Christmas gifts Mm. this year, we're going to do this. And it's like, hang on, let's talk about alignment. So one of the things that we're going to do coming up is talk about brand values because that's something that I really love getting into with regards to alignment. Because when you know what your values are and how you are promoting them, then, you know, it's so much easier. So for example, with Dr. Irina, then, you know, her innovation and her, her characterization of who she was, was mm. where the glasses fitted and she brought that into her presentation and she mm. had everyone in the audience wearing glasses. And it was brilliant because it really made that interactive thing happen. But mm. for someone else to do the same thing, as you said, it doesn't always work. You've got doesn't to know land. what your thing is. We will be doing a, a very solid um, session on brand values in the next couple of weeks, by the way. Mm. I'll talk more about that later. But I just want you to talk about as well. So your background there at the moment is um, sparkles and bright sparkly colors. And I know that you have like about 10 different roles of color that you can use as backgrounds in your mm. studio. So we're mm. not all restricted to just having um, the sparkly bits. If that's Oh, no, you can't even shoot against that. Oh, so it's, it's interesting because every every one of my clients has come in here and said, oh, I love the background. I should try to get a photo in front of that. And I say to them, I'm sorry, but it's mine. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's mine. It's, it's my brand and you can't yeah. do it because it's not your brand. <laughs> so we don't do something just because it's fun. Yeah. yeah. But, um, but let's talk a little bit about, you know, using studio photos versus going outside. Because mm, I know yes. a couple of people on the, um, today who are listening who have taken their photos outside and they've worked mm. really well. But mm. you prefer to work in the studio. Can you talk a little bit about backgrounds? Yep. I can do both. I've done both or, um, all of my career as a photographer. Um, the reason I like studio is because the photo becomes less about your surroundings and all about you, Mm. um, which is what your branding should be about. When I see people getting photos of them, you know, they might be standing there and holding their their phone and they're doing this and they're standing outside a cafe. I just think, what, what, what is that doing? What is that showing? It's showing you can use a phone. It's showing that you're personable, maybe. Showing that you're doing things that everyone else does, so you're relatable, I guess. But then all of a sudden, you start getting swamped by all the colours behind you, the lighting. You almost blend in, Hmm. right? So it's like, for instance, what I'm wearing at the moment, I'm not wearing tinsel or anything on me because I don't want to blend in with the background. So you have to have contrast. We have such limited capacity for attention these days even more so these days that you have to grab people's attention and every author speaker uh, that I know of uh, has either done outside shots or wants to do outside outside shots and there's nothing wrong with them and everyone has to do them at some stage in their in their development as an expert but when you're really wanting to get serious about your branding your, your environment won't even matter 
Mm. It'll actually matter more about the messaging that you're trying to get across. If you're, um, let's say you're, I photographed drone experts before, um, and <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to get them in the studio. I've actually told them I want to get them in the studio and have a drone that's actually hovering and, and them actually holding it kind of thing. Uh, now, some other photographers would get them out onto a field and they would uh, photograph them with the drone. Now, in those circumstances, that's actually helpful because the brand is actually also wrapped around the drone. It's actually mm -hmm. not about them per se. It's actually about the drones that they're offering um, to uh, the government departments. So if you are a personal brand, if you're a personality, and most authors are, if not all, then it needs to be about you. Mm -hmm. um, and much less about anything you're sitting on, anything that you're even wearing. Mm -hmm. I will say to people, I can photograph you in a, in a potato shack, a sack and I would still get the same outcome because it's actually about your face, about your expression and how you're actually holding space for yourself and the viewer. Mm. So I think there's a time and place for the cliche cafe, cafe shots and, you know, walking down the streets and getting a photo of yourself uh, doing that and it's actually really dependent on how confident you feel to make the brand all about you but if you're really serious about this and I would imagine most people who are here you know you're you're putting heaps of energy time investment money investment behind this process you don't want to then dilute the presence of you in the brand by then just putting yourself in some sort of environment and hoping that that translates. Does that make sense? That makes complete sense. Yeah. We're getting close to time here. So I'm going to um, just say, look, if anyone's got questions, please fire them through, um, get them ready, um, and we'll get Louise answering those. Um, just to, to wrap up, one of the, well, the three biggest tips that I've got so far out of what you've said today is don't get lost in the prep. Don't overthink it. Mm. and hold the space open for who mm. you are and work really well with a photographer who has the time to mm. consider all of these things, the importance of getting that essence rather than just grabbing a headshot. Mm. Um, and, and in particular, you really talked about, you know, who is your market and, you know, what is your message for that market? Mm. I just want to say often, and this came up for with someone I was talking to the other day, often the person that is your market might be quite different to you. So mm. for example, if you're thinking about radio stations and you were selling advertising in a, on a radio station and you wanted to um, uh, get a certain type of person to pay attention to what you were saying, you can't necessarily assume that they're going to hear or see um, what, you like as being ideal mm. often it's something that's it's not about you it's about them that's you know? right uh and and you've got to be thinking in terms of well what is it that's resonating with them not what's my favorite background song or my favorite and, and that's a good point i think for most experts they get a photo of themselves as though they are the hero of the branding um, and if you follow the hero's journey at all, um, I, I use a lot of that plus Carl Jung and archetypes, um, you actually need to position yourself in your photos as the guide. So it's yeah. not about you, it's actually about your, your clients and what you're trying to 
walk them through as an experience and walking them through the book is one example. Yeah, Mm. absolutely. So, Louise, thank you so much. We've just stunned mullet everybody again. Um, (laughs) You know, you've given so much wonderful information. We have no questions, um, but we've got everybody, I can see visibly, you know, very quickly taking notes and being very, very attentive, which is wonderful. Uh, What is it that you would like to... Um, leave this with today what's your what's your one big if you could just make sure that one piece of wisdom hit home here what's your big what's your biggie invest as much time in your photograph as you would your book now that's a big statement may not be the man it may not be the the same amount of time obviously, um, <laughs> is your book. But I, I, I don't want you to approach it as some flyaway task that you just have to tick off and say, oh, yes, Dixie, and I've done it. Yeah, I've got it done. It's, it's all ready to go. Mm. Um, I want you to take notice of your resistance to it, if you have some mm. or much of, of the resistance that's happening. And I want you to actually notice how that feels because that's going to keep on prodding at you when you try and do marketing when you try and do videos when you try and put the book out there and you're wanting people to buy it your energy is going to need to change and the first step is your photos Mm, that's wonderful Mm. advice and obviously we can all get hold of you via the platform and um, Mm. we'll be posting something up for everyone uh, later today about how they can get hold of you and some special options that they have for working with you. Uh, And as we've already established at the beginning, it doesn't mean that you have to be here in Brisbane, which is where you are based. You're actually working with people on a trans-Tasman basis at Mm. the moment. So Mm. trans-global anywhere, uh, getting these first parts right is something that you specialize in well beyond just taking the photos, which is a very exciting thing for a photographer to be doing in this uh, COVID world. So congratulations on, on developing such an interesting business model, by the way. Well, thank you. So thank you so much for being here today. Um, everyone, Louise Williams um, cannot rate her highly enough. She's the best photographer I have ever worked with, and I've worked with a few, so quite a few. So, um, you know, grab some time to talk with her if you wanted to, to follow up on any of what she said today. And, um, and thanks for being here everyone thank you Dixie thank you Anne thank you guys really appreciate it good luck uh to Sue for tomorrow (laughs) well that's one more flag on the map clearly identified for extra author resources to make your journey even more enjoyable and stress-free visit www.indieexperts.com.au you can locate us on all our social media platforms by just searching for indie experts Join Dixie and Anne next time for more navigating the journey of sharing expertise through publishing books that work harder.